Hey guys, I know I told you in an email that or an announcement something that I um, was not in a place last week to, or earlier this week to give you a lecture on the readings that I made optional. Um, but I've caught up and there's a couple things that I just want to spend a little bit of time on. So turning back to um, sort of last week's section of the Phenomenology and Existentialism book, which is about intersubjectivity, um, I just want to spend a little bit of time in this section um, because I think it's an important view of existentialism that we maybe haven't gotten yet. And it's also a view that's important um, to us today, I think, um, in the ways that we understand ourselves both as free individuals and also as members of a community. Um, so I, I just want to start with sort of um, a phrasing of the question. So I'm, on, I'm starting on page 448 in this blue book, Phenomenology and Existentialism. If you want to turn to the page, um, this is uh, part of Maurice Merleau-Ponty's, um, the section is called Other People and the Human World. It's reprinted from the Phenomenology of Perception. Here's how Merleau-Ponty puts the question. He says, this is precisely the question. How can the word I be put into the plural? How can a general idea of the I be formed? How can I speak of an I other than my own? How can I know that there are other I's? How can consciousness, which by its nature and as self-knowledge is in the mode of the I, be grasped in the mode of thou, and through this in the world of the one? So this is the question, right? Up, up till now, the way we've thought about existentialism and certainly, certainly phenomenology is that um, we pay attention to the world, the way the world comes to us and the way we experience our own consciousness. And um, now the question comes to us, well, how do we think about that um, ownness or selfness for other people? Um, and you can see even just, in, I love just the language of it, right? How can you make the word I plural, right? Um, that's the question. So Merleau-Ponty posits that question for us on page 448. And now I want to turn back um, both Marcel and then a little bit of Sartre have um, some answers that I wanna point out. So um, for, uh, Gabriel Marcel, this is from his book, The Mystery of Being, um, page 433. Um, he explains what he means by intersubjectivity. And it's the way that human beings are with one another in a way that's really different from the way that we are um, in a world with other things. So. Uh, just assuming that you haven't taken the time to read this, I'm going to read you a paragraph. I will probably interrupt myself and explain a couple things as I go. You know how I do. So page 433. Um, he says, let us suppose that some unknown person comes up at our party to say a word or two to the shy young man. He's talking about a shy young man who's making his first appearance at a fashionable dance or cocktail party. And he is, uh, he's, he says he loves this uh, expression in English, 
self-conscious, right? He's not sure that his jacket fits right, and he's just very self-conscious of sort of coming out into, into society at this party. So at this party, some unknown person comes up to say a word or two to this shy young man and put him at his ease. Going back to 433. The latter, the shy young man, to begin with, does not find himself entering into the direct relation with his, his new acquaintance that is expressed by the pronoun you, but instead thinks of him as him. Why is he talking to me? What is he after? Is he trying to satisfy some sinister and mocking curiosity? Let us be on our guard anyway. Let us be extremely noncommittal in our answers to his questions. Thus, because he is on the defensive with this other guest, our young man has, to the least possible degree, what can be described as a genuine encounter or conversation with him. He is not really with the other any more than he can help being. Okay, so like so far, right, when a stranger comes up to us, we don't have what, um, what Merleau-Ponty referred to as a thou relation with that other person, right? He, we're not ready to say thou or you. We sort of treat this stranger who's talking to us in an unfamiliar context as him, right? It's sort of that, that uh, third person, him. What is he here for? What does he want from me? Um, and in that way, we have not yet established a with relationship or a thou relationship. We're not with that other person. This is not quite yet intersubjectivity. Okay, so uh, continuing on 433, but in a very general fashion, indeed, one might say that it is the relationship expressed by the preposition with that is eminently intersubjective. The relationship that with expresses here does not, for instance, really apply to the world of objects which taken as a whole is a world merely of juxtaposition. A chair is alongside a table or beside it, or we put the chair by the table, but the chair is never really with the table in this sense. Okay, so the relationship that we might have um, with other people is gonna be different from the relation between objects, right? That the chair might be beside the table or by the table. Um, and when you're standing near a stranger and not interacting with them at all, you might say, yes, I stood beside him, right? Um, but an intersubjective relationship with others is a relation of being with, um, that you were with him at the party is different from standing beside him at the party. So, I mean, uh, Marcel continues to sort of describe how this uh, beside relationship might change to a with relationship, right? He says, let us get back to our example. And let us suppose that the ice is after all broken and that the conversation takes on a more intimate character. I'm glad to meet you, says the stranger. I once knew your parents. And all at once a bond is created. And what specially matters, we're at the top of 434 now, there is a relaxation of tension. The attention of the young man ceases to be concentrated on himself. It is as if something gripped tight together inside him were able to loosen up. He is lifted out of that st 
stifling here and nowness in which, if I may be allowed a homely comparison, his ego was sticking to him as an adhesive plaster, a Band-Aid, sticks to a small cut. He is lifted right out of the here and now, and what is very strange, shortly this unknown person whom he has just met accompanies him on this sort of magic voyage. They are together in what we must call an elsewhere. An elsewhere, however, which has a mysteriously intimate character. Um, and he says this is where this is where we start to see intersubjectivity, that we can be with other people in I love how he calls it this sort of magic voyage, um, this mysterious intimacy where um, when we actually start a get start a conversation and begin to get to know one another, um, we find that we're kind of transported into a place of being with someone that is a different place from where we were before when we were just standing beside them as we stand beside the furniture at a party, right? Um, we've been transported into this sort of um, inner dimension of being with another person. And that is what we talk about when we talk about intersubjectivity. So um, Heidegger has a version of this as well. Um, he emphasizes also the word with and the word to, right? So at the bottom of 436, this is a section we've read before in Being in Time. Um, he says, by others, we do not mean everyone else but me, those over against whom the I stands out. They are rather those from whom, for the most part, one does not distinguish oneself, those among whom one is two. So they are like us. Other people are like us. They are with us. Um, there's this, this two, T-O-O-ness like a sameness about us um, that makes us different from objects that we are with in the world. Um, Another part from Heidegger that I want to point out, page 439. Um, this seems interesting and important to me at, in the stage that we're in right now. He talks about being alone. So I'm going to read a bit and then we'll talk. He says, middle of page 439, being with is an existential characteristic of Dasein, even when factically no other is present at hand or perceived. Even Dasein's being alone is being with in the world. The other can be missing only in and for a being with. Being alone is a deficient mode of being with. Its very possibility is the proof of this. On the other hand, factical being alone is not obviated by the occurrence of a second example of a human being beside me or by 10 such examples. He talks later about the modes of Dasein being with, being missing, being away, and how these are possible only because Dasein as being with lets the Dasein of others be encountered in its world. 
Okay, so we might be out of practice with our Heidegger language at this point, but the idea that he's trying to get across here is that um, one essential aspect of, I, sh I shouldn't say essential, I should say existential aspect of Dasein is Dasein's being with others. Um, and we can tell that we are beings who are meant to be with others because we understand the feeling of being alone or being away or being missing. That um, we wouldn't experience others as being missing if we didn't already have a fundamental sense of being with them that sort of constituted our sense of the world. So in a time like this, I think it's interesting to think about the ways that um, our isolation um, reveals to us some of those existential characteristics that you can tell that you are a being who is meant to be with others in sort of this mysterious, intimate, magic journey kind of way. Because when you are isolated from all of those others, you feel it. You can tell that this is not how we are meant to be in the world, right? And whether you are actually um, alone um, or whether you have a second example of a human being beside you or 10 such examples, you might still be surrounded at home with your family or with um, the neighbors who are still proximal to you, right? They're right there beside you. And in a time like this, you could be feeling more alone than you ever have before. Um, because that being alone is, is a mode of being with. It isn't just a factical situation. It's existential, not just um, a brute fact, right? It's not just that you are... Um, in an empty room, right? That's not what being alone means. Being alone has to do with the way you are experiencing that aspect of your being, that being with, and whether that is um, currently in a deficient mode. So I hope that makes sense. Um, all of this to say that for the existentialists, um, we're starting to see some of the importance of other people, which we have been lacking so far. Um, we, we started to get into it with Sartre and um, the idea of Pierre being missing from the cafe and then um, the voyeur who's looking through the, um, the keyhole and he only becomes conscious of himself as an object when he suspects that someone else is looking at him, right? We've talked about other people sort of being important in learning these things, but what we're getting now in this discussion of intersubjectivity is not just that other people are useful to us in coming to self-consciousness, but that um, relations with others are part of who we are and they're necessary existential characteristics of our very being. That's what it means that we are, so we're, we're not just subjects in the world, right? We, we participate in this inter 
subjectivity where all of us rely on one another in order to be fully ourselves. Um, so I wanted to turn just in the end here back to Merleau-Ponty towards the end of his section in this chapter, page 453, he points out, um, he says one particular cultural object which is destined to play a crucial role in the perception of, their, of other people. Excuse me, and he says that is language. Um, so one thing that we haven't gotten into yet that is actually a very um, rich and interesting field in philosophy is um, the philosophy of language, especially as it comes out of some of these existential considerations. So um, Merleau-Ponty and Heidegger and um, many people after them um, are going to come to focus on language as uh, that which creates for us a common shared world for us to live in together and as sort of not just a tool, but a, one, another um, existential characteristic of our being that is necessary for us to be fully who we are intersubjectively. That's what language is. Um, there's another whole, uh, like I said, another whole field that we could be diving into there, but that's just a taste. Um, I am still going to skip the next section of readings, which was about freedom. I'm not finding those interesting right now. I apologize. Um, if you would like to ask me questions about those, please do. Um, but there's some, some things to think about regarding intersubjectivity. I hope you are finding things that you're excited to write about for your papers. Please be in touch if you have any questions about that. I look forward to seeing the summaries that you write and to continuing to read the plague with you. Okay, have a good weekend, you guys, and I'll talk to you soon.